Bad snap. Bobble oh. scoops oh. up. Here come the Spartans. Touchdown, MSU. From WDBM East Lansing, you're listening to the Green and White Report, a production from Impact Sports. This is your source for sports news, debates, and more for Michigan State, Detroit, and the rest of the sports world. Welcome into the Green and White Report. Trent Valley, Ryan Collins, new producer, Henry Menegos. Still doing this a little remote, not live on the air. This is in podcast form, as you all can tell, as you're probably on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. But we figured we'd get on because sports are starting to come back, right, Trent? Yeah, yeah, sports are starting to come back, which means life as we know it is getting back to normal, uh, which is it's really great news because it's felt like too long. Been locked up, not been able to do a whole lot. Except for recently, we were just talking about this off the air. Things are getting a little more lax. You know, well, that's I mean, a bad thing. No, I, I mean, I think Hank and TB, I don't know if you're up in East Lansing right now, but you've been up there. I haven't really been up in East Lansing. People who think the college students are going to socially distance and not throw parties once no school starts, there's no chance. Like, and it's not a smart thing to do. Like, we're a bunch of idiots. Like, I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm just telling you what's going to happen. We're, people are going to throw parties. Yeah, it's definitely – it's on the table, and it's not coming off the table. It's, it's on the table. What is that? <laughs> it's, it's always it's been all, on the table. All the chips are on the table. By the way, our, our, we're going to get into this a little later, but, I mean, tailgate season is going to be insane because yeah. people aren't going to the games. They're, they're, I mean, people don't go to the games anyway, so. Tailgate. Say what? People don't go to the games anyway. Well, I know. So, now it's like <laughs> – now that they don't even have the option – yeah, I, I don't know. I think they said that – I think one of the rules, we're going to talk about this a little bit later on the show with the Big Ten, is that they're not allowed to have, like, tailgating. But I, I don't think that stops anyone from tailgating in, like, their house or whatever. I, but, think, I think the move to online classes, too, might contribute a little to, uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think people blew off class anyways on game day, but on Friday game days. But I think, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if they're going to have any Friday game days now with the whole COVID thing, but that was stupid. The last year where they had the Friday, they didn't cancel classes on Friday, and then they had a game. It was so dumb. I'm, like, I'm yeah. not going to my class. I what didn't do you know. expect? What do you expect? Stupid. Stupid. I'm just not going to show up. But as you guys heard, that's Hank, our new producer, taking over for me in my role. Hank, what's up? Big, big shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill, Colin. I know you do. Not to brag, but, I mean, I was pretty good at <laughs> Hey, so you're up in East Lansing? Yeah, we're, we're in town right now. Um, what does we're in town mean? Are you with someone? Well, I mean, I, don't you refer yourself in the third person? Is that, like, not a cool thing to do anymore? I think he's saying he's saying we as in, like, yeah, yeah, we got it yeah, going. Yeah, third person. I mean, a third on, person third, reference. I thought that was a cool th- I thought that was the move. I don't know. All right, fine. I'm in town right now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just working. I'm working at LS. Are you a fan? You a fan of LS? LS Taco? You're working at LS Taco. Is it yeah, LS Taco or LS Teco? <laughs> it's <laughs> it's Teco. Come on, man. It's Teco. Are you are, are you a waiter or are you... yeah. Yep, I'm oh. serving. I'm bringing out the Marks for you. Okay. Okay. Just stop in. I might, stop I, might anything, ca- I, I might have to catch you when, once I get back up there well, in mid August. Patio season is it? It's in full swing right now, so hey, I can, can I can see you up tips? there. You you know you do. Um, Probably not I, from these college kids. Well, listen, <laughs> we're right next to Harper's though. The thing. You know, obviously with all the, the debacle that went down there. So, I mean, we, we've been kind of stagnant a little bit the last couple of weeks. But up to that point, it was a uh, crazy good gig. It was a good gig. Okay. Well, I, we got a couple new things as me and Trent are the new hosts of the Green and White Report. We don't want to steal Rabs and Julian's Thunder trying to come up with their own ideas for the show as we move into going live for two hours. But one of the new things we're going to do this year to kick off the show every week is just me and Trent are very passionate human beings and get upset at a lot of things. So we might as well get it out of the way to start the show and tell everyone what we're pissed about. So Trent, what are you pissed about this week? Um, and I mean this in a very affectionate way. This week I was pissed because my internship is unpaid and I am reaching the point where I am literally broke 
Like I, I don't I don't know I don't know Zero. how else to put it this way. I have my job here at Impact, which means that I was not eligible to file for unemployment. However, my job here at Impact revolves solely around sports, which we haven't had, so there hasn't been really a lot of work for me to do. So I, on my biweekly paycheck, I'll get maybe like a hundred bucks if I'm lucky, and then I get nothing from my pay, from my unpaid internship. So this week kind of caught up with me a little bit. Had to ask my mom for money for deodorant. That was a tough look. Oh. So How I, expensive I don't is deodorant? The stuff I use is like six bucks. Is that is that moderate? I feel like that's. Not I don't moderate. know, dude. I don't. I to be honest, I feel like I'm lucky. I don't think I've ever bought deodorant for myself. I feel like that's something like my mom always. Well, bought. I, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm actually in the same boat. I was just thinking, I couldn't price deodorant if you like add a gun to my. It head. could be fifty dollars or like ten dollars. Not fifty, <laughs> but like it could be twenty five. Yeah, yeah. See, I I don't really know. What 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 do you use? I use this stuff. What called deodorant do I use? What what is this topic? I know what it looks like. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it's called. What it's deodorant like, do I use? I use Old Spice. I'm a man. <laughs> oh, okay. I, th- I think I think this shows what a great upbringing I had. That I can you know shout out to mom for always pre-ordering. Providing deodorant for me. I know, huge. It's huge. It's the little things, you know. It's it's a it's a big deal. It actually is. But um, that that, I guess honestly, it was a pretty good week for me. So maybe next week I'll bring a little more thunder with what pissed me off. But this week I'll say that. Collins, what you got? Uh, what pissed me off this week was the NBA bubble. I talked about this a little bit on the Motown Rundown on WDBM Impact's podcast channel. Go check that out. Nice plug there. But. I, I can't stand it. I can't stand NBA Twitter, like with the whole snitch line and all this. It's like, oh, this lead, this NBA. Like, it's not that interesting. It really isn't. Yeah. Like, once the game start, I, I think it will be interesting. And I, and we do – we're going to talk about it a little bit later in the show about some what-ifs, what could happen if they are able to complete this season in the bubble. But I don't care. Like, I really don't. I Like, I don't care that Myers Leonard and Jordan Clarkson are shotgunning beers. That was the great two most video. uninteresting NBA players I think I've ever heard. Like, who cares about those two guys? Nobody. Give me someone interesting shotgunning a beer, and maybe I'll be like, oh, this league. But no, I see J.J. Reddick, Myers Leonard, and Jordan Clarkson shotgunning Coronas. So, yeah, that pissed me off this week. It's really an irrational hate. I don't know why. Because I've been begging for sports. Yeah, to come you think you seem so pretty fired up about it. it came out of left yeah, field. I, 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 I just, oh, and then Woj got like kicked off Twitter, and that was like a big yeah. thing. And I Ooh. like that was annoying. I didn't even know what happened. I didn't follow the whole saga. I was like, just give Woj Woj's Twitter back. Like I, I don't know, I don't know. But that's what pissed me off this week. Hank, do you got anything that got you pissed this week? Oh, I was uh, I don't know, if I was in this, but I do got something that pissed me off this week. Have people forgotten that golf is happening? Yeah. Really, the only reason they're doing this is because it makes it geographically easier. Is that correct? Like, yes. Just, and travel. there's there's no NCAA commissioner type of thing that can overrule these conferences to have these certain protocols in. Right. So that, I, I think that's a big reason, too. conferences have their own – yeah, like you said, they got their own – it's kind of up to them, the ball's in their court. So I, I don't really know – I think the one thing that you said that that is going to be really interesting is if a player tests positive on the road. I mean, that would suck. Talk about oh, like oh. you got to wait there until you're until you're staying in Minneapolis for a couple nights. I mean, for two weeks. And then you you can't even do anything. You can't even go check out the town. You can't like enjoy the scene. You that get- that's like pure isolation. Pure yeah. isolation. You don't know anybody there. Talk about a risk, man. That would stink. But, but yeah, I, I mean, the question. I, I don't. To be honest, I'm feeling like it's not going to happen. But I'm I'm hopeful. Well, I, I've seen a lot of articles in the last couple of weeks because the ACC and uh, what other conference followed the Big Ten's lead? Was it ACC and it wasn't uh, the SEC? Pac-12, I think. Pac-12, yes. Thank you, Hank. Good producer, right there. Um, Pac-12 and ACC followed the Big Ten's lead, and I, I think the SEC will eventually follow. They have the to. Yeah, but I, I think it could happen, but the only thing is coronavirus cases in this country have to plateau or, like, decrease, and they're not. And until they're not, they're probably not going to play sports and try – because it makes no logical sense for college football teams to have a season – with 
like no pro like you can't play like a five game seat like this is the profit and revenue for an entire athletic department for a lot of these like universities so it's important that they put on a proper season so they can keep these programs alive like track and field baseball like all these non-revenue sports that need help monetary wise they need an actual like college football season to go on where they can profit a little bit. And I, I don't know how much college football makes on TV deals. The TV deals are ridiculous right now, but I know they're going to lose a lot of money, not having 80% of the people in the stadium, if they plan well, on doing reduced capacity. And my thing is think about all the, you know, the smaller universities that were playing the, the non-conference schedule, yeah. the, you know, the tune up games, quote unquote. I mean, they're like shattered right now. I imagine. Yeah, Mac, the Mac is in shambles. Like all that, like, Fire up chips, all like Eastern and Western. They're they're gonna struggle this year because they don't get to get those big checks as they travel to like big non-conference teams. So that sucks for them. But I, I think it could happen, and I actually like the protocols that they have. But it's not based on what happens in Big Ten country. It's based on what happens in the United States. Right. And if cases are gonna go down, because I think the optics of playing a football season. If there's another outbreak, it's it's just unmanageable. You can't do it. So yeah, I, I agree. Guys. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Trent. No, no. I was just gonna say. I mean, last thing I had to add about this is I just I think especially with the whole there's there's obviously you got your Power Five conferences and everyone's allowed to do their own thing in theory. I just don't. That adds a whole extra stickiness to the situation. Oh, for sure, it definitely does. But because there's no uniform way to go about it. Like the NFL yes. and the MLB, we got these leagues coming out saying this is what we're doing. In college, it's the complete opposite. It's like anarchy. No one knows what to do. And like you said, I mean, the SEC, some of these bigger conferences haven't even followed suit yet. So we don't know if they will. I think they should. I think they will. But who knows? We really don't know. It's kind of funny to me. I, like this whole virus has gotten super politicized and it's like kind of gotten annoying about the – like. It's – you're just like, guys, we all want the same goal. Can we just, like, figure it out some way? I wonder if there was, like, the president just comes out like, hey, we have college football if everyone quarantines for a month. <laughs> like, yeah. But, like, that would be so funny. Everyone's like, no, what, we're in. <laughs> Let's do this. But, I mean, who knows at this point? I mean, I'm not going to get my hopes up about college football happening, but it would be fun to have a Big Ten's only season. It would be. I think it would be kind of cool. What he said. Yeah. You guys hear what I said? We got something. We lost. We got out for like 10 seconds. So I think it would be really cool, like, to have a Big Ten only season and all conferences only play themselves. Like, I think that's interesting. Yeah. It is. It is. Just for a year. It, just to go along with the whole, I mean, everything else. The NBA, you got the bubble. Uh, the MLB, it's a 60-game season. There's a lot of a lot of weird things going on, and it's because of coronavirus, obviously. But it, it is going to be interesting to at least see how that works. I mean, it, it's kind of cool. It's the first time that, I mean, we're going we're gonna to see, like, Michigan State play everyone in the conference almost. And that's yeah. kind of cool. It's unique. Well, it is, they don't have to play Rutgers this year for everyone's sake. <laughs> I want to ask you guys if we do, you know, so if this if this is what works out. I mean, how do you guys see MSU? I mean, obviously, this is like a horrible, like worst case scenario for yes. a first year coach and a young quarterback. You know, whatever. Not good. No it's, spring training. No tune up game. I mean, how do you guys see that playing out? I I do think it helps that Michigan State returns all their offensive line. I believe they're like one of fifteen programs in the country that have that happening, and they do have playmakers on the outside. But the offense, it, I mean, the thing about it, Michigan State fans will be used to the offense looking bad because they've seen it the past two years. It could be, it could be really rough. It really could be. And it probably will be because they don't get a tune-up game against a Toledo or a Bowling Green or one of, one of those caliber yeah. teams. And I, you just don't know. Like, you're just throwing – you're throwing Rocky Lombardi into the fire, like, immediately, like, saying you're, like, playing Northwestern. And then the next week, you got to go on the road and go play, like – I'm trying to think. Like, you got – because they're going to add one more conference game. So, I'm assuming they would go Northwestern and then Michigan State goes at Iowa because that's how it would have been before. 
But like his second start with a new offense, a new scheme, and a new coach is at Kennett Stadium. I understand there's no fans there, it, but but it, it could be real rough, and you should expect it to be rough if it happens. Definitely. I mean, as far as Michigan State is concerned, Collins, you pretty much hit it as far as the team outlook goes. But just on the principle of a, like like you said, Hank, a first season head coach here coming into a new program, you already have the mumble jumbo of some of these will be his recruits, but most of the people playing won't be because they're just not, they're actually not, you know, they're not, they don't have seniority yet. Whatever. It's 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 an added challenge. And, and it's just the situation we're in. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. I'd like to believe that when you got a good coach like that, he'll figure a way to figure some things out. But um, So in your opinion, does that give him, you know, do you give him the benefit of the doubt? Do you give him more lead way or? Yeah, like, I think definitely. so. I think you do. I, but I, mean, like, I think you have to. I could, yeah. I, I'm sure there's some hardos out there who won't just because. Yeah. There's not, you can't, there's no situation where you could be hard on Mel Tucker this year. Well, okay. That, that's, that's actually very fair. No situation. And did you see the picture a couple of days ago? Him in the straw hat, yes. mask, got yep. the strip Star. state shirt. He looked fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the excitement for Mel Tucker, I mean, honestly, he probably hopes we don't even play this year because it'll be turned up to even more as he gets another year to just recruit and yep. not see anything on the field. And <laughs> like, it, it would, it would be, be a dream scenario. It'd be a touch anticlimactic, too, a little bit. You know, if you I, uh, came back and Michigan State just stunk this fall, given all the circumstances and everything. So, like you said, if you do get another year to just let things fester and turn a little bit, we'll, we'll have – I, I mean, just to put in perspective the expectations for Michigan State in this 10-game Big Ten season, their over-under is at two and a half games. So, on, like, that's what the, the entire nation thinks of Michigan State football program, and they're probably close to right. Like, it's not going to be pretty this year, and you shouldn't expect it to be. But that was a good conversation on the Big Ten, moving to 10 games. We're going to take a little break here on WDBM, as Joe Dandron is going to provide us with a little pro sports update. And now for your pro sports update. 15 women who previously worked for the Washington NFL franchise have alleged sexual harassment and verbal abuse by former scouts and members of owner Daniel Snyder's inner circle. The Washington Post reported in a bombshell report on Thursday. Among those accused of misconduct are former Director of Pro Personnel Alex Santos and former Assistant Director of Pro Personnel Richard Mann II, as well as longtime radio play-by-play announcer and Senior Vice President Larry Michael. All three departed the organization within the past week. And in NBA news, the New Orleans Pelicans announced that forward Zion Williamson had left the NBA bubble. Michigan State fans pretty familiar with Zion after a family urgent medical matter, and he intends to rejoin the team at a later date. Pelicans Executive Vice President of the Basketball Operations, David Griffin, said in a statement that he and the club fully support Zion's decision to leave the NBA campus to be with his family, and out of respect for the Williamson family, the team has no further comment at this time. That does it for your Pro Sports Update. Now back to Ryan and Trent. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate that. Joe Dandron, station manager. Still not big enough to help us out on the green and white report. Cleveland fan. Yeah, Cleveland fan. Yeah, uh, we had a meeting the other day, and he had an Indians flag. He said, yeah, I had to get rid of it. He had to get rid of his Cleveland Indians fan. Got the big C one instead. Okay, that, that, that's, that's smart, except they haven't changed their name yet. Yeah, so I, I would guess. I would squeeze every last drop out of that, out of that nostalgia as I could. Even though I will, I will say this, they are changing their name for the right reasons. And, and I think, it, yeah, what's it called? I think we talked about this a little bit on the Motown Rundown. The Tribe would be a fire name. Cleveland Tribe, yep, I agree. Yeah. Why not? You can, keep your, you can keep the logo, the C, you know, obviously yeah. the, the other one. But you just tweak a couple of things. You keep the colors. A lot, a lot of the, you know, I mean, who knows? Are the Indians even getting heat or is it just the Redskins right now? I like I saw like the Indians are getting a little heat, but I don't think they're getting actual heat. I think the Redskins got a lot more heat because that is factually a slur. And the and fact the that that was logo. ever the name of a franchise is beyond me. But the they logo. have done the right Not thing good. announcing that they will move on from that. The Indians, dude, I think it's more just like 
they've, they, they've, they've been in some hot water about it a little bit, but it's never been at the forefront. It's always been the Redskins. And I think once we saw the Redskins take action, the Indians were just kind of next in line. And we, we saw what Terry Francona said about it. So I think it's I love Terry Francona, by the way. Great guy. Love yep. Terry Francona. Stand up guy. Is that, I love that his nickname's Tito. I'm like, no, I love Tito and the boys. He gets the boys riled up. He's got a weird, like, body. He somehow was the coach for Michael Jordan in double A. It, like, it, that always makes me laugh. But let's move on to the NBA bubble. Trent, big NBA guy. Huge. We're both fired up about it. I know I said I was pissed off about all the, like, bubble and, like, the NBA Twitter stuff. But I am very excited for games to start. First game is July 30th, Pelicans versus Utah Jazz. A little steam taken out of that as Zion's attending to a personal matter, and he's left the bubble currently, and they don't know if they're going to get him back for resumption of play. But, Trent, how fired up are you? Super, super fired up. Obviously, you know, we're, we're Pistons fans first as uh, we do the Motown Rundown, second plug yeah, of the they, show. Yeah, Pistons but, stink. Um, they're not in the bubble. Yeah, I mean, let's just tell it how it is. The Pistons are not not here. Uh, so, so I move on to, as I, as I adjust my I Promise bracelet on my wrist, big LeBron James fan. I'm um, excited to see what the Lakers do, except, you know, we'll, we'll get to some of this later. You know, injuries to Rondo and uh, Avery Bradley choosing not to, uh, not to play. There's just a lot of question marks, but that, again, is what's going to make this so interesting. There's so many storylines this NBA season. We're already seeing them, and games haven't even come back yet. So – to say I'm fired up is an understatement. It's going to be interesting. We're going to remember this forever when, you know, whoever wins the title does it in front of no fans. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's just going to be crazy. And the fact that home court advantage doesn't matter anymore, all this stuff, it's just it's wild, dude. It's, it's wild. There's going to be a great 30 for 30 on this season someday. And um, I'm, I'm just fired up. July 30th, got it on the calendar. Well, you said it best. There's a lot of question marks and storylines to this season. And we might as well get this one out of the way. You're just talking about it. The Lakers, I think the preeminent favorite, them in Milwaukee probably coming into the bubble. And you lose Bradley and Rondo, and you replace them with, what, J.R. Smith and Deion Waiters? Yeah. I, those players are obviously not the same caliber as those two. But, do the, I, like, I don't think it kills the Lakers, right? No. I, I don't. And, and you know what? A lot of people have been saying it does. And obviously you can make a case for that because Avery Bradley is a guy who's battle tested and he plays very well with LeBron. He Good defensive player year. too. Uh, what, what's that? Good defensive player too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Great on the perimeter. I think Avery Bradley's biggest thing and, and Skip Bayless pounds the table on this every single day. I, I watch Undisputed all the time, but He's it's talking about how wild Avery, you watch on Disputed all the time. <laughs> Listen, here's, here's the point I'm trying to make. Avery Bradley hit six threes in the, clip, in the game against the Clippers, the game the Lakers won finally after losing on opening night and then on Christmas Day. They finally got over the hump shortly before quarantine hit. So, I mean, Avery Bradley obviously was a big player who could step up and make big shots and stuff like that. You lose him, you get J.R. Smith, and I know everyone's been saying all this, all this stuff about forgetting the score. I get it, but – if you think that's going to happen again, you're 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 you've lost it. That's not. There's no way that J.R. Smith forgets to score again for two reasons. Number one, that probably changed his entire outlook on the game of basketball. For two, he's had a year and a half to think about it, and for three, he probably won't even be in the game with less than 30 seconds left, anyways. Yeah. So, who knows? I think J.R. Smith actually is is a great great teammate for LeBron. We'll just see if he's able to be any you know, form of what he was in 2016, 17, 18 uh, with the Cavaliers, where he was actually a pretty vital piece of the championship and those finals teams. But as far as Rondo goes, that's a big loss because – Is I mean, it, though? Is it? Well, well, he, it is in this, in this respect. LeBron is obviously the point guard, point forward, point whatever yeah. you want to call him, point Bron. But then Rondo is the only other guy, really, that I feel comfortable with the ball in his hands every time up the floor. So when LeBron comes off the floor, you put Rondo in there to run the offense and initiate and get things going. But I will say this. Not a Caruso guy? No, I, I do like Caruso, but just not, not, <laughs> not at point. I love Caruso, actually. Well, that's a different story for a different day. Um, Rajon Rondo could be back as early as round two. You know, not to, not to make things sound worse than they are. He, he, he will be back. He's out for six to eight weeks. It's just a matter of he's not going to get those tune-up games. He's going to be thrown right back into the fire. Also. Playoff Rondo, and I use air quotes because I, I get a little sick of people saying that kind of stuff all the time. 
But, I mean, he factually is one of those players who, who amps it up and his numbers actually do get higher in the playoffs. Playoff Rondo, national whether TV that, Rondo. Whether we see that this season or not, probably not because, you know, he's hurt and he's not going to have the time to get ready. He's a fierce competitor, and you're at least going to be able to throw him back in the mix and play 15 minutes a game running point when LeBron, you know, can have a little off-ball action or sit on the bench. So, I don't know. The, the, there's Those are obviously big – uh, big, big keys to success for the Lakers. But we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. Sticking on the Lakers, I was thinking about the two LA teams. Which team – like, I mean, whoever wins the title this year, it's going to be different, like you said. It's going to be historic. I don't know if we put an asterisk next to it, but I think the national media will put an asterisk next to it. Which team gets a bigger asterisk, the Lakers or the Clippers? I mean – I, I, I think it's got to be the Clippers. Here, here's the case for the Clippers. The, actually, the, the, the Clippers got screwed the most by this whole shutdown thing because what has the Clippers' philosophy been to winning? It's been load management. You're, ta- you're taking it slow. Load management right now has gone out the window. Like, yep. they, the Clippers could have used this time, and, and granted, they're the second seed in the West as we stand right now. I'm not going to act like, you know, they, they're, they're like the fourth in the West, and they could have, you know, had they played their stars, they could have climbed the rankings a little bit. Like, they're second in the West. They're going to do all right. But you th- th- that right now is the difference between playing the Grizzlies in the first round, and I don't know who's second or who's seventh right now. But anyways, everyone is rested now. So load management and all that stuff they were doing, granted they didn't see this coming, has kind of gone out the window. And, and again, you could have used that time to, to, to build chemistry and gel as a team, as a unit. As far as the Lakers go, they got LeBron, which, you know, the media loves to hate, hates to love, and loves all at once. I mean, he's the most polarizing player in the league. So no matter what he does, there's going to be an asterisk. Like, if the Lakers win, they will blow that asterisk up because it's LeBron. At the same time, if the Clippers win, they will blow that asterisk up because the Clippers are somewhat of a super team, all that stuff. I I don't know. I think the Clippers are going to get the bigger asterisk just to the fact that they're historically a bad franchise. Like, it'll be like, uh, like, you never did it when there was people in the stands. Right. Like, whatever. No I mean, one cares about that Clippers title. I think people would care if LeBron won. I'd be like, that's LeBron's third title. He, I mean, fourth title, excuse yeah. me. And, like, he did it in different circumstances, and they were the best team all regular season. I, I do think a LeBron title would be significant to his legacy a little bit. Well, oh, I, I totally agree because it would also be – you know, it would also be his fourth championship with his third franchise. So everywhere he's gone, he's won a championship. So that that's kind of a big deal. But like you said, uh, not not to circle things back again to the city of Detroit, the wonderful city of Detroit. It'd be like if the Lions won the Super Bowl this year with no fans in the first the first playoff game. It would game, stick. I would hate it. The first playoff game in Ford Field since it's since it was built in two thousand two has no fans. I mean, it would just be the most. It, it would be so bittersweet. But um. Yeah, I mean, it would kind of be like that if the Clippers were to win this thing. Who knows? Uh, and I think Milwaukee kind of gets the same thing. And this is another question I have. What if Milwaukee wins the title? Does this mean Giannis stays? Because that's a big question in a couple of years. And if he's going to stay in Milwaukee, and I know with the uncertainty with the cap situation, probably favors Milwaukee being able to keep Giannis. But still, if the Milwaukee wins the title, does that solidify Giannis coming back to Milwaukee? There's two ways you can look at it, and I actually uh, – I'll tell you which one I, I kind of lean towards. I think if, if they win the title, obviously that, that gives Milwaukee all the – you know, they got to pay him, whatever. But um, – and then, and then obviously he would stay just, just for money, circumstances. And then, of course, you get to be that guy who stayed in one place your entire career, and that's awesome. Um, but if they don't win, I mean, it's kind of like – or excuse me, if they do win, Giannis could also be like, okay, I got my title for these guys. Now I want to go play in a big city with and grow my brand like we see these other players starting to do now. You know, so I, I could see it going both ways. And I actually think Giannis is – for some reason, I've just always felt like Giannis is leaving. I don't know. You think I, so? Whether, I, I don't think so. Milwaukee before, I, I know he's publicly said he loves Milwaukee, and I know he probably does genuinely love Milwaukee. And he's got – he's starting to, starting to raise a family now. I think he's got one son. But it's just – I, I just – I got this feeling he's gone, dude. I don't know. The, so, the way, the way, the, just the way the NBA works in American sports in general, 
he's going to get paid a boatload of cash by, you know, some team out west, some team down well, south. Well, he's going to get more money to stay in Milwaukee. But he also gets nice weather, and he gets the girl's brand and all that kind of stuff. Who knows? Uh, players care about that kind of stuff now. You're, so, all, you're more marketable in the city of Miami than you are in Milwaukee. Yeah, where, where do you see him landing? Where, where's, where's the hot spot if, if he does get Miami, I think, is probably the only team that's at cap room for him. Miami Miami has the money. Uh, we've, we've seen Golden State. We've seen Steph trying to recruit him. I, I have if Giannis was a Golden State, I'll be furious. Well, I just wouldn't put it past that franchise to figure out a way to get it done. You know, they'll yeah. figure it out. They got to – I mean, hell, if they got to trade Draymond or do whatever they got to do to make the money work, they'll do it. I mean, they'll yeah. definitely get Giannis to Golden State if that's what Steph wants. So, who knows, man? I think – I actually – Do you – last do you think, like, anything that happens in this bubble has, like, any indication on what he will do in the future, though? That's, like, the kind of the question I'm getting at. I don't, I don't know. That's the thing. I'm interested to see, like, what if, what if they get bounced early? Does that does that signify that he wants to lead like, or if they win, I think that that's interesting. Or it, will he be like this was kind of a lost year, different circumstances? Because their windows now, they're paying a lot of older guys a lot of money right now, so they're trying to get it done in the next couple of years. I'm just interested to see how their finish this season affects his decision. Here's something with Giannis too that not many people talk about is he is so beloved right now. Because oh, he's sick. He's my, he's my, the Dreek Freak. What a name. It, it's a great nickname. He's a one-of-a-kind talent. And if. Likeable. He's funny, too. Yeah, he's, he's great. And if it weren't for LeBron, he would probably be the face of the league right now. Because, I mean, Kawhi is just quiet. And, and yeah. like, we can go down the list and give you a reason. I mean, Steph's been hurt, whatever. Giannis Anacumbo, everyone loves him right now. Here's the problem. Last year, he flamed out because the Raptors just absolutely annihilated him after after he was up 2-0 in that series in the conference finals and, and and he would have won the ring last year against that decimated golden state team but whatever he won the mvp last year great season nonetheless this season probably going to win mvp 95 percent chance um if they flame out again bubble or not i think the media we're going to start to see the media turn on him a little bit we're going to start to see some fans question him a little bit especially i mean if, if he's not able to shoot which has been a big criticism of his so we could see we could see Giannis start to feel that pressure a little bit, a la Kevin Durant going to Golden State, and maybe maybe he'll just want to get out of Milwaukee, better his situation, go somewhere where he can get some better players around him. I could totally see it happening. That is interesting. And staying on Giannis, I think the NBA announced yesterday. We we were recording this on Saturday morning, but they announced it yesterday that none of the bubble games affect the season awards, like the rookie of the year, the MVP, most improved, six man, all those, all NBA. So rookie of the year is John Morant. I think Absolutely. it's, it's, yeah. it's unanimous. Zion played like what, 26 games. Like you're not going to win the rookie of the year, even though you're probably the best player when you played LeBron and Giannis was getting contentious at the end of the year. But I think, since they're I, I, how many games did the NBA not play in the regular season? Was it like I, I want to say some teams played like 62, and then the most they played was 65, so like 15 to 17 games. I, I think LeBron was making a push, but since the season's over, I, I think Giannis will win the award. Agreed. And I, I, I think that LeBron was getting credit for just he was incredible this year, he was fantastic, but he was getting a lot of credit for just like. He's still doing this at an age. Like, it was pretty remarkable. But I think Giannis was, like, the way Milwaukee was just blowing teams out for, like, months was incredible. Like, it, it was – it had a little Golden State vibe when they were cooking where, like, Giannis was even playing in the fourth quarter in some games. Because they were up, like, 40. And they're yeah, killing people. putting up and, those and like, He's only playing, like, 30 minutes a game because he yeah. the whole fourth quarter. I mean, Giannis is playing like all NBA defense and also being like the most un, one of the most unstoppable forces on offense. So like, so I, I do think Giannis will win the MVP, but it would be I, I would love to see LeBron win this MVP just for the fact I think it would be really funny because I think LeBron's kind of gotten not screwed out of a couple MVPs, but he probably should have one or two more yeah. than he does right now. And for and Giannis who won the award last year. Right. The NBA is not – don't put it past the NBA to give it to LeBron, even though I think Giannis was the MVP this year. 
Well, the thing with the MVP is it's becoming more and more narrative-driven, which I don't necessarily agree with. I, I think mean, it's always it's, been narrative-driven, though. Well, it, it has, but now it's, it's become even more. Ever, and I want to say, I think, you know, Derrick Rose was a little bit of a narrative MVP because LeBron had a better season. It was just LeBron joined the super team. You can't give it to him, whatever. But I think starting when Kevin Durant left and Russell Westbrook won it, that was the first year where we were like, Okay, yeah. we got to give it to Russ. But he averaged a triple-double. He had to give it to Harden. What's up? He averaged a triple-double, so it made sense. Oh, yeah, for sure. But it was the – I think he they were the, the best player in the league, though. Yeah. Was, I, I know exactly what you're saying. So, so I think, you know, you, you pretty much touched on it, so I won't beat a dead horse. But, you know, the NBA coming out on Friday and saying that those um, – the, the, the bubble games won't affect award voting – that, that locked up rookie of the year for John Morant. Because what John Morant has done, he's averaging 17.6 points, three and a half rebounds, and seven assists as a rookie, leading the Grizzlies to a true playoff appearance as they, you know, they're eighth in the West. That's pretty incredible, uh, the better conference. So I, you have to give it to him. Like you said, Zion had flashpoints of a great season, but, like, there's no way you can just trounce everything John Morant has done. And then as far as MVP goes, like, look, LeBron – was making a case. He was making a push at the end of the year, especially by beating Giannis and Kawhi Leonard in the same weekend. The Lakers were really starting to hit their stride. And then, you know, the season ends. You got to give it to Giannis because, I mean, LeBron just hasn't made it close enough to close that gap. He was closing it. And had he gotten the last 15 games, maybe we'd have a different conversation. But, yeah, it's got, it's got to be Giannis and, uh, and, and Ja for those two awards. Well, Trent, you were mentioning, the, like, the narrative-driven, you know, that kind of thing. Um, is, is all this stuff like, you know, the Kobe, obviously, and, like, you know, the Lakers hype, is that all, like, forgotten now because of what – I think it is. I mean, it's happened in between, or is that still is that still part of the season outcome? Like, I don't know. How do you see that fitting in there? That, that's actually – that's a great question, Hank, because I feel like it was – it was all anyone was focused on. And now, yeah. now, yeah, now unfortunately, it's just not because of we have had three months off. So, it, it's – and I guess the reason I brought up the narrative thing is because if the media is going to push this narrative, then it is LeBron. LeBron is the MVP this year, but I, I just don't see that happening. Um, and like you said, I don't know, maybe if the season had gone on the way it usually did and LeBron continued to, to you know, trend up with the Lakers, I could, I could totally see. In fact, I would put my money on he would have won the MVP just because, you know, he, he wouldn't have sat once those last 15 games. He would have played incredible. And the Lakers would have, you know, furthered the gap between them and the Clippers as the, as the first and second teams in the West, standings-wise. So I, I definitely think he would have, uh, to answer your question, yeah. Okay, yeah, one more NBA what-if and last question. A little bit more on a lighter note. So Jokic lost, like, 40 pounds. And he looks good, Like He, he looks good. Maybe once, like, once it's all, like, closed, I mean, all these, like, bars open again, like, he'll go to the bar and he'll have a big night. Because he looks a lot better than he season. did before, but beach bod season. Yeah, seriously, beach bod. He he got in beach season type of shape, but this has to affect his team in a negative way, right? Is that just Absolutely. me? Yeah, I, I think so. Well, I mean, there's trade offs definitely because you know he's a little bit more slender now, so maybe he'll be a little bit quicker up and down the court and whatever. But in the better post, in defense, maybe, but maybe. But as as far as like his post play goes, he's. I picture him. I don't like get a, it. I, like Joel Embiid or an Anthony Davis, he's he's gonna get bumped around a little bit more than he's used to. He does look a lot better. I will say that. Just just in terms of oh, he does. Stuff. Like you know who else looks very good is Carmelo Anthony. He's lost quite a bit of weight too. I don't know. Carmelo's always kind of been weird with this weight. Like he kind yeah. of looks fat, but he's not. Like he just yeah. he's just always been like that. So I don't know. But Jokic, when you saw him, like it's like stunning. Stunning to yeah, look it looks at. Borderline un- unrecognizable. I'm like, wow, this guy looks kind of good. Like, yeah. yeah, everyone was just making fun of how fat he was. Now, now he looks like, uh, like, could he like play the three? Like, I, I I'm yeah. kidding, but I, I, I'm interested to see what he looks like in like all seriousness because a big part of his game, like you said, was his goalie ball down low, and he has that great touch around the rim, and he's a great passer, so. Maybe the more athleticism unlocks a little bit more of that. But interested to see what Jokic looks like. Interested to see what everyone looks like in the NBA bubble. And I, I think that's the more, I think America is most excited for that to come back. Because I think basketball, without, not, a, not including the NFL, is the most important and probably most popular sport in the country right now. 
as far as culture goes, hands down. And, and, and like we, I mean, we already hammered it. It's just the narratives right now in the NBA. Everyone's ready for it. These, these guys basically played a full season and didn't get their championships. So here we go. We're Give Woj's like Twitter back because I'm tired of this whole <laughs> issue. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what happened. Just give it back to him so we can stop yelling about it. But let's move on to the MLB. Starts in five days. Do you guys care? I care personally because I like watching I, the Detroit Tigers. But I care about the Tigers. I care about the Tigers. As far as the MLB goes, I mean, it's going to be a 60-game sprint. We've already talked about that. I want What I want to see, ideally, is just balls to the wall. Everyone goes insane. No yes. one, all, the, all the big dogs don't take – no one takes games off. They just play, man. It's going to be there's a nice There's going to be so many injuries this year. Oh, there's going to be a ton because people are just going to be trying to rake. Everyone, so many Tommy John. They're going to see it as a, as a, as a, a microwave oven version of, oh, I could win the MVP this year. I could win a silver slugger this year. And everyone's just going to go balls to the wall. That's, a, that's what I want to see at least. I can't wait for, like, the type of names that are going to be winning these awards, like the Golden Glove and, like, the Silver Slugger. It's like, wow, Ronnie Rodriguez with a Silver Slugger for 2020 and 21. Great name. (laughs) No, but talking about the MLB, like, what is one – the one thing I hope that happens this year that people don't forget about the Houston stuff because I think MLB was getting a little juice about this, like the whole cheating scandal. Like, I do think they would have pulled in big numbers if they started in started on time for every Astro game that was on national television because it's theater. Like, when they play the Yankees, are they like, what's going to happen? Are we going to get a, like a beanball situation, a little brawl action? Like, I was looking forward to that. That's the best part of baseball, the the whole like unwritten rules and stuff. And you got a bunch of that with coming out with the Astros. So I was excited to see how that was handled. I hope people don't forget that. That's what I hope happens. I want to see a couple bench-clearing brawls with no fans in the stands. Well, people are definitely going to kick the Astros while they're down. And, and they're – I mean – I also I hope they win it all this year. That would be really funny. That would be – that would be insane. I mean, talk about a, talk about narrative. That would be nuts. Yeah. But, yeah, actually, Collins, it's funny you say that and the way you phrased it because I actually did – I already forgot about that stuff. But, you know, you mentioning it kind of fires me up. I'll watch I know, it, dude. It's I'll great. Yeah. Well, in, in a sense, does this, does this coronavirus actually, you know, in a way kind of positively impact, you know, baseball standing as a no American culture? You don't see that? You know, no. kind of remembering what, you know – I think I know what you're trying to get at, Hank, but – there's something to be said there for sure. But I think at the same time, I think baseball's time to shine is the summer and they kind of dropped the ball by not trying to get yeah, something exactly. earlier at least. I mean, we, we granted, you know, Florida and Arizona are now in not great situations, but beforehand they were saying they were going to send the guys there and kind of do a bubble thing there. Obviously it didn't work out, didn't happen. But I think that was kind of their chance to, they, I mean, think about it. Baseball, people went nuts for Korean baseball for crying out loud. When yep, that came KDO. If, if, if the MLB came back in mid-June, can you imagine what the buzz would have been? And, you know, everyone no. would have been the most yeah. the highest ratings that regular season baseball has gotten since probably like the 80s, 90s. I have no idea. Yeah, I definitely agree, Trent. I, th- I think they definitely dropped the ball there. But I'm saying, you know, with the 60-game sprint, and if they are kind of, you know, playing their stuff, you know, you got the big names out there every day. I mean, do you see this as a chance for baseball? And, you know, people are starving for content. Do you see this as a chance for baseball? Right to maybe improve their standing a little bit? I, the thing about it, though, we're, we're not really going to talk about it today because the NHL is coming back, too. And they're going – and I think they had the most feasible plan of actually finishing their season because they're going to Canada, which the coronavirus cases are a lot lower. Yeah, they're leaving the country. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and they have two hub cities in Toronto and Edmonton. But like Trent said, I think the MLB missed their window to get gain that audience because the MLBs. I mean, the I mean, excuse me, the NBA is gonna start right after this, like, and then and not and then you got golf is gonna start ramping up. You get a couple majors coming into the mids. So I, I I don't know, and they don't have a lot of day games. If you looked at the schedule, there's a lot more night games and day games, which is a little weird. I would prefer them to have a little bit more day games. I also don't think the MLB's plans gonna work. I think there's way too much travel going on. I, I, like, it's wild to think that they're going to try and do it this way. But I, I guess MLBs had limited cases compared to most of the major sports leagues. But it seems like a crazy way 
to try and handle this during the pandemic. I just don't see the MLB finishing, honestly. Well, all the travel, didn't they? I mean, I think they kind of justified that or tried to by making it so many, so comp, uh, what am I trying to say? Division heavy. Like the, yes. the division games you play, there's obviously a lot. They play more. 40 division games. Yeah, 40 of your 60. That is that. I mean, that's crazy. That's you're, talk about how much we're gonna hate the White Sox and the Indians. Oh, the by the end of the year. I, I'm gonna but, hate Francisco Lindor after like four games because he's gonna be yeah. batting like 900 against freaking Buck <laughs> Farmer. That bum. The Tigers might be the reason Frankie Lindor wins MVP. But that yeah, that's, it's I, like Buck Farmer's just serving up changeups on a platter. Yeah, Spencer Turnbull. Here you go. <laughs> but I mean, MLB baseball. I'm kind of excited, kind of excited. Not pumped up. Uh, it's not, I, I don't have the same excitement. I have more excitement to the NHL, honestly, because th- the NHL is it's like three games a day for like almost like three weeks. To me, like March Madness of hockey. Like the, the way they did it, it's like, it, I think will bring more eyeballs than what baseball is doing. But I, I, I'm just excited for sports to come back. No kidding. It's, I, and we're close. Right there. We got to wait another six days and we're going to get some tangible, like real, like major American sports other than golf. And you know what? I want to add one thing to that point. I don't want to be this guy, but. Don't positive vibes only, Trent. Come on. Even if we don't finish these seasons or some of them, at least give me sports for the rest of summer. Like, like I am excited to watch something. That's all I got to say. Who knows if we'll actually finish these seasons and if we'll get champions and all that stuff, or if we'll Let's just, just get a play. coronavirus vaccine. How about that? God. Yeah. Okay. Amen. One time for me, science. One time. God. Bear down. We need everyone to bear down and get a vaccine. Seriously, we do need to bear down. Like guys, training camps supposed to open in a couple of weeks. If that doesn't <laughs> give you a sense of urgency, I don't know what will. To the doctors in America. You need to figure out a vaccine because – Do you want hard knots? Do you want hard knots, scientists? I do. Come on, (laughs) let's figure it out. (laughs) But, yeah. Oh, my God. I need sports. I need it so bad. As do we all. We're with you. We're going to take a little break. As Joseph Dandron comes back, a little college sports update. We'll be right back. Now it's time for your Michigan State sports update. After consecutive rounds of coronavirus testing without a positive diagnosis, Michigan State had three athletes and a staff member test positive for COVID-19 on Monday. None of the three athletes who tested positive had taken part in workouts the past two weeks, according to a release from the university. The Spartans have now had seven athletes test positive this far, none of whom's names have been released. And in recruiting news, MSU football recruiting target and local product out of Belleville, Jamari Budin, a 2021 linebacker committed to Penn State. Budin was a four-star in the 2021 class. In an effort to save the university money during the pandemic, Michigan State head coaches Tom Izzo and Mel Tucker will take pay cuts along with Michigan State Athletic Director Bill Beekman. That does it for your Michigan State sports update. Now back to Ryan and Trent. Thanks, Joe. And uh, on the top of the college sports, we already kind of touched on Michigan State football. This is a Michigan State sports-centric show. We would be remiss not to talk about Michigan State basketball and what they've been doing on the recruiting trail. Big moves. Tom Izzo, big summer for Tom Izzo. Five-star recruits, Amani Bates, who's the number one player in the 2022 class, and Mats Christie, number 12 player in the 2021 class, both commit to Michigan State in the span of, like, what? seven days, like in the span of a week. Yep. Less than that even, I think. So, I, I mean, after years of Michigan State missing out on these big guys and huge level recruits, they get two of them in the span of a week. It's kind of funny. It is kind of funny. It's a little ironic. Um, it's it's a little ironic. You know, we we like you said, Collins, we could go back, you know, just just even Duke recruits that, that chose Duke over Michigan State. I mean, yeah. But then you open it up nationally, and it's even bigger than that. Um, this is huge. This is huge for Michigan State. Obviously, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek because we don't really know if we'll get to see Imani Bates or even, you know, Christy in, a, in, a, in the green and white. We really don't know, and we're not going to know for a while. But um, 
just to have that commitment is something for fans to celebrate, especially right now. I mean, shoot, we yeah. already talked about how, you know, feel-good stories in sports are kind of a dime a dozen right now, and that's just something for fans to get fired up about. The thing that I find interesting, I think, like you said, it's good for their brand, like Michigan State's brand that Amani committed. And I was going to ask you this question, what percentage do you put on Amani ever coming and playing in East Lansing? I think it's a good one. I think it's over 60% that he he plays at Michigan State. I think people are too like he's going to go to the NBA or G League. There's a lot of things that still need to happen yes. for players to go straight to the league. And I do think there's a big possibility that he reclassifies and goes into 2021 class, which he wouldn't even be eligible for the draft then. And he already said he didn't want to play in the G League. And Christie said that. Christie's coming. Christie basically made it like that I, he might be there for four years because education is super something important to Matt's Christie. But I think Amon, like it's a 65% chance, maybe 70, that he suits up in the green and white. I truly believe that. There's a lot of things that got to happen on the NBA's part, the NCAA's part, until we get to 2022. And I think there's a strong chance he even reclassifies in 2021 to possibly team up with like one of his best friends in Gabe Brown. Yeah, yeah, Collins, I mean, you nailed it there as far as the reclassifying stuff goes. I think that that is likely. Um, in which case, yeah, I think the, the, the chances of Imani Bates coming to Michigan State are at least 50-50. And, you know, no, had- they're more – I don't get it. Like, everyone's just like, oh, most, like, I get all these, like, slappies on Twitter. Like, I'm not tweeting a lot about Imani, but, like, I'll see this. It's like, yeah, it's cool that he, like, committed, but he's never coming. Why Why would he commit? What He did not have to do that. Right, he really the, did not have to do that. Yep. No, I, I agree. I, I think that, that's why I say the chances are at least 50-50. I would give it even more than that because, like you more. said, a lot, a lot needs to still happen. A lot needs to still happen. Yes. I have to go. And same thing with Bronny. Everyone's talking about, oh, Bronny's not going to college. Bronny. And, like, that's a little bit of a different situation. I get it. Yeah. But it's like – this the, the rules are still in place here, people. Like nothing's been changed. I don't know why everyone's just completely assuming that this is going to go this way. But I, I, as far as the recla- reclassifying thing goes, you talked about Gabe Brown. By the way, have you seen the jersey swaps of Imani wearing Michigan State jerseys? They're not good. Well, they're, they're not. They're, there's one that's absolutely fire. It's with oh the one. Is he – is it the – The Teen Cleaves. It's the Flintstones jerseys. Yeah, yeah, those are fire. Yeah, they look – he looks fantastic. He looks absolutely great. But Imani Bates just – and we haven't even talked about the type of player he is. I don't really think we have to. I think everyone kind of understands that. But he, he, he plays the swing man, you know, and he's talented as hell. Nothing. He's the realist of deals. He's got the most <laughs> – the realist of deals, is that what you said? He is, he is. Okay, no, I, I like that. I'm going to build him as that from now on, the realest of deals. But he, he's, he's got, you know, even more time to grow, more time to become better. And I, I, I see him as like a Kevin Durant type of player someday. You know, if he can if, – yeah. if, he's, he's got the height, he's got the size, he's got the shot. So we'll see, dude. I, I, I really think if he does come to Michigan State, Tom Izzo will get his second title. And, you and, think so? And I, 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 if you believe that, the next question I'm going to ask kind of seems stupid then. Because there's been – shout out – by the way, shout out to Dickie V before I even bring this up, trying to break news that Xavier Tillman was coming back to Michigan State. So funny. So you, a shout out to – I love Dick Vitale. Oh, are you kidding me? Mr. Windex, Xavier Tillman. Like, I love everything about Dick Vitale. But yeah. way to shoot your shot, Dickie V. But Tillman basically said, who's your source, whatever. Yeah, I was gonna ask you: Would you rather have Tillman for one year or Imani for one year? I think it's it. It sounds like a crazy question, but if Tillman comes back, he's gonna be a first team All American almost. Yep, yep. So, I, when I saw this question in the in the doc here, and when we were planning for this, my knee jerk reaction was: I'd rather have X come back for a year solely because we, we, you know, we just talked about the chances Imani comes. We both think it's pretty high, but at the same time, there still is uncertainty there. And if Tillman does come back, what you have right now is a team that was probably primed to at least make a Final Four run. Obviously, you take the biggest piece out of the equation there in Cassius Winston. But you still have – it will be a bona fide Michigan State team. It will be led by leadership. That was the most 
oxymoron thing I've ever said, led by leadership. But led by seniors, upperclassmen, you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah. If, you bring, if you bring Tillman back right now, especially given the landscape of the way everything's going on, I don't really know who the prohibitive favorite is going into next year. I'm aware it probably won't be Michigan State, but it's like these guys could make steps. You know, say Malik Hall takes, takes a few strides. Say, you know, Foster Lawyer becomes playable for more than 10 minutes. Please, you know, Foster. Uh, Gabe, I Gabe still Brown. believe. I still believe in Foster. Hang it on. <laughs> Foster Lawyer could be putting up buckets in the MAC, but that's a different conversation. Yes. But say Aaron Henry comes back and he finally takes the leap that everyone thinks he's going to take as a junior, you know? There's just things – and Rocket Watts, not to mention, will be probably running point. So it's, it, it would be a very exciting team. And then you could sort of work in some of the – some of the same plays you did with high pick and rolls with Cassius and, and, and Tillman with Rocket Watts. So I think yeah. you could just, for continuity's sake, you could run some of the same things if you have Tillman back. If Tillman leaves, the entire outlook of your team kind of changes a little bit. And, and Tillman was the best defensive player in college basketball the last month of the season. Yeah, he, he just was. was. He was incredible. He, like, it, you looked at what he did to Luca Garza, Jalen Smith, all, Caleb Wesson. It, 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 it was incredible. And I'm probably breaking up right now because, of course, I'm breaking up. But for listening, I know you guys are you guys are big on Imani coming. You th- you guys are sure he's coming. You guys are way up there. I actually I'm I have, sure he's coming. I'm of the opinion he's not. So you I'm don't think the, he is? Why? I'm against the grain. Tell, tell us why. I think the G League is is picking up. He's not team. going there. He already said he's not going there, Hank. Well, he, what did he sign a contract that he's not going there? I get a lot I mean, of money. Okay. There's money there. You know what I'm saying? Talk There's money there. It's cheap. I'll give you that. Talk is it, cheap. It, yeah, I mean it's pick, it's picking up momentum, um, and I'm a, I'm in the camp that you want to have, you know I think like Trent said you want to have leadership you want to have that that seniority that veteranship, um, and that's huge and you got a guy like Xavier Tillman, so in in this little debate that we hypothetically set up here I'm gonna take Xavier Tillman because I don't even think we're gonna get him on for that one year. Well, that's not the hypothetical, Hank. That's well, that's, that's okay, why well, I, I bent it to my you know to my my whim. <laughs> That's the whole point of the question. It's just a hypothetical. Okay, so so hypothetically, if we did have Imani, yeah, I think I I think I still might take Tillman this year. I mean, we we're starving for that leader. I mean, who's gonna lead you then, Henry? I Henry? it's not even I I just think Tillman is a bona fide All American if he comes back. Like yeah. it's and I I'm not gonna say it's a sure thing, but I think it's like almost a sure thing that he's going to be, uh, like bona fide. Have an opportunity to win Big Ten Player of the Year, like, like he, I, he burns so much on both ends of the court for Michigan State. I think they might not be as good as a team as they were this year at the end of the year, but he will be much better and he will be in a bigger role. Which I, I do see him helping his NBA stock a little bit if he comes back. But I understand it's a weak draft, so he might be able to go first round this year anyway. But I, I mean. Amani's transcend like is a transcendent talent. Talent, yep. I, I understand that. And even if he comes to Michigan State, he'll probably be an All American. I don't know if that translates the winning. I really don't. I well, like. I think I, Tillman coming back translates to Michigan State winning a lot more games. I think so too because that is, and, and it's solely on the principle of that's just the identity of Michigan State basketball. I mean, I went up there for your guys. Of course, you know, the, the year Miles Bridges came and whatever, Michigan State was a nine seed that year, I think, or eight seed, whatever. Yeah. They lost to Kansas. And then you – comes back. comes back because he's still really good, obviously, and he wants to do it again. But it's just like Michigan State teams that win are always built from the top down, not the bottom up. It's not Duke. It's not Kentucky. It's not these years where you get four of these top 20 recruits and you just go off and get hot and win. Michigan State has always been and, – and maybe, you know what, maybe that's why Michigan State hasn't won as many titles as these other Blue Bloods and stuff like that because they do things a little differently. So I guess from that aspect, Collins, that's a great point. Yeah, I would rather have Tillman because, you know what, Tillman could win Big Ten Player of the Year. He yeah. could be, you know, a bona fide All-American, as you said. He brings so much on both ends of the floor. And what I attribute it to a little bit is flashes of Adrian Payne's senior season. I could totally see something like that happening. And then, you know, maybe Aaron Henry, to a much lesser degree, filling the Gary Harris role and Rocket Watts filling the Keith Appling role. And you get kind of a team like that that could go to the Elite Eight Final Four and obviously, you know, be one of the best teams in the country. Well, if you think about the team that made the 2019 run as well. I mean, that's another team that was from the top yep. down. It, it, was the, it was the Matt McQuaid's. And, I mean, I, know, I understand Cassius was, you know, kind of starting to make that 
next level jump. But well, he's still a junior. Yeah. Right. So I mean, it, it was like the Matt McQuaids and you know the people that Teddy that Goins. exactly. Yeah, that were that that was what brought him. You know, to that run and you know, I, I, I got like Tillman, and that's 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 the Tom Izzo recipe for success, really. Yep. Last thing I'm gonna say though about this is, Amani is gonna be better than Tillman. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. Oh, I think we all agree with you there. Yeah. It's just yeah. And for Michigan State's culture and brand, it's probably better if Amani goes there, and Tillman doesn't really have that much an effect on that because he's already put in his time. But I just want people to realize that Xavier Tillman was Michigan State's best player last year. He was. Cassius stirred the drink, and he was getting it going. He had a really tough year off the court. Everyone knows that. And he didn't really start getting it going until really at Ohio State game. They're like, oh, wow. Like, the Michigan State's going to be a problem in March because Cassius on the high pick and roll right now. He looks in shape. He's getting to the rim. He's making all the right decisions. He's hitting his jumpers. But Tillman on both sides of the court, and especially defensive, was incredible. He was literally – in the last month and a half of the season, he was – like, he was switching everything. He has such a good sense for the defensive side of the ball. I, I just think people underestimate how good Xavier Tillman could be as a senior. So that's why I wanted to bring this point up. Well, one quick thing to what you just said. Uh, I, I, I get what you're trying to say with that, you know, X was the best player last year. I mean, I, I – because I – I think he was. I really do. Most consistent, I would say, was, was Tillman, for sure, hands down. And, and like you said, as you brought on the defensive end, and Collins, you kind of froze up a couple minutes ago, obviously. And I, yeah. and I don't know if you heard me say this, but I said to Hank, a lot, a lot, pretty much every elite big man in the country last year was in the Big Ten. And Tillman, yeah. Tillman shut them all down. Luca Garza, um, Jalen Smith. Who else am I missing? The, the guy from Penn State. Um, uh, Lamar Stevens. Yeah, Lamar Stevens. All those guys were all, you know, Big Ten first team players or second team players, whatever. I so, put them in the vortex. Yep, he literally did. He did. And, and Michigan State was peaking at the right time before uh, coronavirus hit. That's neither here nor there. We've already talked about I all that. I hate you, coronavirus. I Are do you too. kidding me? God. I well, can't. I, it's so tough to talk about Michigan State basketball. It is, it's, man. St- it's still, hey, they would have won it all. Just say that. I, I, you got to say that to yourself. You have to. <laughs> they, they were going to cut down the nets. Hang your banner. I sleep at night by telling myself that MSU would have won the 2020 Division I title and that Imani Bates will somehow be a Detroit Piston someday. That's how I sleep yes. at night. Yes, yes. Detroit's had to figure out a way to tank for the next, say, three years, though. Like, like they're already tanking. They gotta be like, you know what? Know who's gonna run our point? Like, just bring in someone horrible. They gotta be like, let's just draft horrible players so we can get a money. Let's give Ish Smith another shot. Let's get DJ August. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't like that Ish Smith slander. It's not slander, but if he's our starting point guard, we're probably not doing too hot. I'll tell you something. He's finishing at the rim with some flavor, though. The <laughs> master of this, baby. That My buddy, Dom, literally says every time with Ishmael, he's like, God, he just finishes at the rim with flavor. Like, every single – it's like a crafty finish. You're like, wow, I like this Ishmael guy. He's, he's got some flair. But, it's tough to describe, but I know exactly what you're saying. Hank, you got any thoughts on Ishmael? I think you guys kind of – <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys kind of, you know – Provided a, a, a plethora of uh, vivid imagery for that one. <laughs> I think that I think Haynes' take on Ish Smith is probably a good stopping point for today in the Green and White Report. Thank you for listening to Green and White Report, and it was great to get the new crew together for the first episode, kind of like the new era of the Green and White Report. We miss Rabs, we miss Julian. It's gonna be super hard shoes to fill because those guys were so good at it. It will never be the same. They, they were a well-oiled machine. We will try our best to do the same. We'll see. I don't know. Collins and I, Collins and I are kind of – we're, we're, we'll we're get more there. combative. We're we more are. combative than those two. We are. We, we, we bring a little bit more disagreement on a lot of things. A little bit more fireworks, maybe. Also, us getting, us getting into the studio gives me chills. I'm excited. I'm excited. We're still, we're still holding out for Ryan Rabinowitz's last show in studio. So th- he he will be the host of the Green and White Report again at some point once we get back into the studio in the basement of Holden Hall. But 
I'm super excited. This is always what I've wanted to do ever since I got to Michigan State and got to WDBM is be able to host a sports show on the radio. So I'm very excited to get back live. But follow until then, follow us on all our social channels. We got a bunch of podcasts. Uh, I think Motown and DeMartin Download are the ones that are active right now. I believe there will be a Spartan Red Zone pretty soon. And just check out the WDBM podcast across all channels because we had a lot of different things, a lot of cool things like sci files, that like a lot of good things on the WDBM website. I'm gonna plug so the check basement. that all out. I'm gonna plug the basement. That's my show there. There's you have a show, Hank? Uh, it's not, well, it's not my it's Matt Burdick's show, but I'm I'm the studio engineer. We, we got I didn't know that. What? Yeah, that's my that's so, why yeah. I have this job. Man so, of many talents. So Thank do you like are you do you like him more than us? Matt Burdick? <laughs> okay hey come on now. <laughs> No, but was it? I plead the fifth. Is that is that the is that the phrase? I plead the fifth. You get a paycheck for both of them, so you like both. How about you just hey, say that? The, the meter's running, baby. The meter's running. The meter's running. But that's gonna do. All, that's gonna be all for us today on the Green and White Report. Thank you for listening. I don't know if we're gonna be back next week. I don't know how we're gonna do the schedule coming up, but I hope we'll we'll see you guys next week. And let's get fired up for sports. For Ryan Collins, Trent Alley, Henry Menegos behind the glass. Slash not behind the glass. (laughs) But thank you for listening to Green White Report. We'll see you guys sometime in the future. You have been listening to the Green and White Report on WDBM. For all your sports news and notes, go to impact89fm.org slash sports.